Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're talking position groups again this week. We're into safeties and linebackers in the combined show. Uh, welcome in, Keith. Yeah, this is um, it, this is a, an interesting group, and it's a, a quite a large group. There's a lot of, um, a lot of players um, to talk about today. Yeah, and they're in OTAs, so there's a little bit of that. We've got new quarterbacks in the room heading up that quarterback competition for the first time in 10 years we've got um coaches come out and talked about leadership roles with the team sounds like dk medcalf is emerging on the offensive side of the ball while jordan brooks is uh emerging as one of the young players on the defensive side it's expected to kind of step up a little bit this year and uh he's one of the guys we're talking about today um have you paid attention to any of that so far um this week uh not really i mean it's hard these are our padless practices with, you know, n- no contact. So it's hard to put a lot of weight into these. I mean, last year at this time, we were being told like, um, looking for the name. Cause I, so I don't, I get, uh, that it was Penny Hart, that Penny Hart was going to be like the, the huge contributor, um, on, on offense because he looked so good in these and looked so like ready and all of that. And he had what three catches last season um, total. Um, So I just, uh, these, this time, like people get hurt. That's a big deal. You know, those are the kinds of things um, we're kind of watching the um, DK Metcalf, um, you know, like contract thing going on. I want to see who's out there. I want to make sure that guys like Tariq Woolen, who missed part of the the rookie mini camp, is a full participant. Like those are the things that I'm interested in. This oh, this person looks great. Like, yeah, we've been told so many times that somebody's right. looked great in these, and then they didn't even make the team. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of Tariq Woolen, he's out with a little hammy until Wednesday. He's going to be a full participant on Wednesday. That goes for Rashad Penny as well. Same same issue. In fact, I think last year this time he had the same sort of tweak and didn't participate in these OTAs as well. I'm talking about Rashad Penny. Um, <laughs> shocker. And um, I think everyone else is doing doing pretty good. There's the usual suspects with off-season surgery. None of those guys are participating, including Deacon yeah. McGuff. Uh, but Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs is out. Uh, Amadi and Neil are taking over some of the, um, the first-team reps. Uh, Marquise Blair is sitting out. Sounds like he's going to be out until training camp. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's get into it. Uh, we're talking about safeties and linebackers this year in a three-four multi-scheme scheme looks. And first of all, in a broad sort of sense, Keith, what is your idea about how the defense is going to be a little different in in looks and the way that we use safeties and linebackers this year? And what does that kind of do to the type of personnel that we're bringing in? 
Well, I mean, the defense is going to be quite different. Not only is it going to be the, you know, a three, four, which means all sorts, all of the, you know, gap assignments and everything um, for, or the front seven is different, but it, you know, you listen to the coaches talk and, and the way that they're doing the the defensive concepts on the back end are going to be different too. much more of a, a matchup zone, more of a man look, um, although mm-hmm. there'll be plenty of handing off and, and it's just a different kind of defense and a different um, way about, you know, going about things. Uh, what that means is that they're going to be more, aggressive they're going to be more uh there's gonna be more physical there's gonna be more contact with the receivers and that kind of stuff there's going to be um that but also there's got to be a lot more reaction and you they need guys that are um, maybe quicker than fast um in, in a lot of different places and so i think that's why we've seen them go smaller at cornerback um is just because they know they need that quickness so um question right off the top then for you on the, the largest name out of both groups, Jamal Adams, safety. Mm-hmm. Went through off-season surgery to repair a torn labrum. Still not able to go. Uh, is probably going to hang around until training camp or probably week two or three of training camp. Who knows? Um, how does he fit into this with his up above and beyond playing style? Um, seems like he's more of a, a traditional safety as far as the scheme is concerned, but body type. I don't know if he's rugged enough to, to hold up, especially um, against run um, where, where he needs to come up and fill holes and, and all that kind of stuff, which seems to be the way that they, the safeties are treated in this defense, um, especially strong safeties. They're playing more on the line of scrimmage. They are dropping back into coverages. A lot of that is disguise oriented. More often than not, though, they're up there defending the run first and foremost, and then they're dropping back into coverage against tight ends and, and running backs primarily. How does Jamal Adams fit into this thing? I think Jamal Adams fits fine. What you don't want Jamal Adams doing is dropping back as a two deep safety and covering wide receivers. That's not his skill set, right? He is a, a special player up around the line of scrimmage. And I know you're concerned about like durability and all of that. Um, and I kind That's of true. too, given the last two off seasons, he's need, needed surgery. But if you try to avoid him getting hurt by playing him in a different way, you take away what makes him special. I agree. Um, and so you kind of just have to let him be himself and, you know, hope that it works out as far on the injury front. Um, mm-hmm. At least he's a guy we know that, you know, if his shoulder gets banged up, he'll play through it and play like well through it uh, and then just need another surgery in the off season. So <laughs> it's not like one of those guys that every little, um, every uh, little cut or scratch means they're going to miss three weeks. So it's true. He's tough as nails. I give him that. Yeah, but, I mean, but nonetheless, you get diminishing returns. You got to be honest with me. By say week twelve, it's not the same Jamal Adams is lining up in week one. Yeah, I mean, it's then you know that's when he sits out for three weeks and then comes back and is ready for the playoffs. <laughs> um, I don't have an answer for you on, on on what to do with Jamal Adams. I think that um, I agree you with to- you though. You got to play him the way that the scheme dictates. You play him. You don't. You can't. Um, you can't reserve him like you do a Chris Carson on the offensive side. You need all Jamal Adams has to go all out. It's all out hundred percent all the time, mm-hmm. or he's not Jamal Adams and he's just another guy. And we need that guy. He's the guy that can tilt the field for you. He can play multiple uh, positions. He can move around for you. Um, he can blitz and rush the passer better than almost any uh, defensive back in the entire NFL. 
when given that opportunity. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that this year. Maybe that's what keeps him cleaner this year is giving more opportunities to kind of wrestle the past or use his speed to get around the edge where he's not fighting through blocks to make tackles, but he's making plays on the ball and, and uh, making plays on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to do it. The other thing that they could do is, is um, you know, if they two minute the two minute offense you know they're or two minute defense right um you know the other team's throwing and they're throwing on every down and you're not blitzing um or at least not blitzing your safety because they've got the protection set up to to pick up you know unless you're bringing a lot of people and you don't want to do that in that situation because that's when you give the big play so um in that situation what do you do with jamal adams well maybe you pull him and you put in a guy who's better in coverage and and that's when you see you know Ugo Amadi come in as the second mm-hmm. team safety mm-hmm. um, type of situation, and I, so I could I could see that um, type. So basically, you can find different times where he's not the best person to have on the field, and bring him out and give him less reps, which will keep him healthier. Um, kind of load management a little bit by instead of having him play a hundred percent of the snaps in the games when he's there to play him, you know you get that number down to ninety. Or, you know, something like that. Just a few less snaps, a few less hits. It's just less contact, and it'll help his body hold up a little more. And it'll give us a, a chance to play some younger guys as well. Um, let's go to Quandre Diggs. Um, love the player. Signed, got a new contract. It was a horrible situation in the last five minutes of, of that game down in Arizona uh, to have a broken leg out of that situation. Very emotional. Didn't know how that was going to impact his offseason with free agency pending. I mean, just the mm-hmm. worst case scenario for him. Everything turned out. Ended up getting yeah. the contract that Seattle was probably going to give him anyway. Um, he's back. He's a, he's a natural leader now on this defense, minus um, Bobby Wagner. Um, so Quandre Diggs' role in this, I think it gets easier in this defense because it is a too high situation. He's not the only guy back there trying to make plays. I think it actually gives yeah. him an opportunity to make more plays, which is, I think, ex- the defense almost seems like it's going to be designed around his abilities. Well, it's not just his ability, but it's, it's because it's not just him. Like if you got a two deep safety, you got two safeties back there. Um, and, but it it is definitely designed around giving him an opportunity to um, be himself in the best way possible. And Making plays. yeah, just so he can, he can just fly around and make plays and do his thing. Uh, Everyone's going to like that. I mean, there's a reason why they brought him back. He is a good player. He's a very underrated player. Um, and, you know, he's going to be kind of the center of um, what the Seahawks are doing as far as coverage. And, and I guess that's what I that's work. what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And he's he's beloved. I mean, everyone uh, I, I was watching the game. It just happened to be on the NFL Network the other night. It was the Arizona Cardinals Seahawks game. Uh, Russell Wilson's last game, last game of the year last year. And it showed that play and just the emotion that was going on, not only with Quandre Diggs, but all the players um, around that was was something else. So he's just going to be one of those natural leaders on that defense. I'm excited and because I think when you pair him with somebody else that has the ability that he doesn't have to worry about everything. Now he just needs to worry about a quarter. Um, to me, that's a that's a good that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the other guys in the safety room. There's just a whole bunch of players now after those two starters. Yeah, those two are going to play a lot. Yeah. And everyone else we're going to talk about isn't, un, except unless there's an injury. 
and that's and there's a couple of, uh, of players here that could mm -hmm. play nickel type stuff and so let's yeah. talk about that first let's talk about ugo amati ryan neal and marquis blair um because all those guys seem to be in the same bucket and so mm -hmm. why don't we just kind of run through those amati last year was tasked with being kind of the nickel corner on the team mm -hmm. uh, i thought he did a pretty decent job now he's got some competition with justin coleman coming back after a, yeah. a couple of years off uh, the team um ryan neal is a larger longer prospect a, a big thumper you'd think he's kind of a strong safety type but he's really scheme diverse can play both strong safety and free well, safety for you ryan neal was a corner yeah ryan neal was a corner yeah yeah the team moved and, him to safety they moved him back to corner they moved him to safety again and now he can really do anything um, he started at strong safety. He's uh, played a bunch of free safety for them. Uh, he, he's played outside corner for them. And at 6'3", 200 pounds, like he's very scheme diverse. He can do a lot of different things. And he's a guy that sh should get pl more playing time. So, like he's, so Keith, he seems happen. to pass the eye test. Like he, he just really seems does. to be making plays on the ball. It doesn't get quite the, the opportunities that he should get. But maybe with your idea of, sitting Jamal Adams for 10 snaps a game and allowing mm -hmm. a player like Ryan Neal to come in and fill that void may give him an opportunity to kind of stand out a little bit. Yeah. I, and that would be great. I mean, Ryan Neal has been around for this team forever. So I was actually thinking, I was looking at his age, trying to figure out like, you know, I was looking for that. He's only 26. And, um, yeah, I'm I think like, this is his third year. Yeah, I don't know why, but in I just was thinking with all the position changes that he's had, I was thinking he was going to be like 28, 29. I'm like, yeah, well, do you really want to develop um, a guy who's already at that age? No, he's 26. Um, get him in there and um, let him continue to play and get better because good things happen when he's out there. And the fact that he is a corner, he's got those skills and has the size of a safety and he's got those skills. Like it's just a good combination. It's a great tackler. Like that's, you know. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Day Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So how do we get to the point in this storyline for Marquise Blair that turns around from a sad sort of unfulfilled promise story to a fulfilling redemption level oh my gosh this guy is something else and we need to sign him to an you know to to a new contract well there's one thing that i would point to because even though he was he's, he's missed the last two years which both times he the seahawks went into 
um, the season believing that he was going to be a big part of what they were going to do. And then he got hurt rolled like right away. Um, he's only 24. He's a young kid. Like, and those, and those injuries are unrelated. Yes. Um, it, he's, he's a year older than Tariq Woolen. He's a, a full year younger than, um, Ugo Amadi, right? He's, uh, a guy that you can look at me like, you know what? Those two years suck because he was out and it, it like, that's bad for his career and everything. He's such a young guy. Like there are guys that were drafted that are as the same age as, as Marquise Blair and he's got three years in the league. So, um, yeah, I mean, that to me is, is the part where I look at and I go, yeah, he's a guy that you can, you don't have to write off as, oh, we can't depend on him or anything because at his age, he's still young enough. Let him get healthy, get him out there. He should come in and, and continue to be good. I mean, he was, he looked legit good before he, his injury both the last two years. So one other guy I wanted to mention before the other ones is Bubba Bolden, uh, undrafted rookie free agent uh, has come in. The only reason I'm, I'm putting him into this bucket is that he's listed on .com as a free safety. He does have some size. He's got some speed and agility and athleticism to him. Um, there was talk early, at least by us, if not a few others, about him possibly sticking uh, for his special teams ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's another guy that could come in and play a little bit of that, uh, nickel stuff as well as, um, on the back end. Yeah. Six, three, two Oh four, lots of speed and looks like a guy that can, um, do things is kind of raw, um, in that he's learning, you know, how to take proper routes to things when you have to, a lot of ground to cover and, and that kind of stuff. But, uh, I trust in good coaching. And so he's a guy that is really interesting. Um, and definitely a special teams guy. Like, I mean, that speed, that size, get him running downhill right. people. That could be that could be really interesting. Yeah. No, he's one of the interesting guys on the roster that's, you know, on the back end now. But I think once playing starts and so forth, he's a guy that has an opportunity to stand out just from his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Blount is another guy. I, you know, it's a, it, those are kind of similar guys in the fact that they're athletic, big, thumpers. Um, scheme diverse, Josh Jones, Scott Nelson, and Deontay Williams round out the safety group. Any word on those guys? Well, I'd say every all of them except for Josh Jones are rookies. They're all um they're all undrafted rookies. There's four in that list. Um, right, Blout, Bowden, Nelson, and and Williams. Um, uh, that's a lot in one room. Uh Josh Jones is in his fifth year. Um, he's a guy who's 27, 6'1, yeah. has be his has, sixth year. Yeah. Yeah, um, has uh, experience, has played both um, special teams and has gotten on the field as a defensive player um, and been okay. So I think he fits more into the into the realm of of depth and giving them some options, especially if Blair gets hurt again or that kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't have lo- lumped him in with the uh, all the undrafted rookies. All right, my mistake. I was just unfamiliar with Scott Nelson. I hadn't looked at his profile as far as age and so forth. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I was like, Josh Jones is the... Josh um, Jones. If I misspoke and said Scott Nelson, Nelson is one of the rookies. Um, So if I misspoke and said uh, Nelson, I meant Josh Jones. He's the guy who's... Josh Jones. Yes, you did say say Josh Jones. Okay. All right, linebackers. Give me an overall impression about this group, considering 
the change that we just went through and the responsibility changes that are happening? Well, losing Bobby Wagner makes everything harder because he's so good and he's he was the leader of the defense. He was the captain. He was everything. Um, and so you look at this this group and you go, there's a lot of people on here. How many of them do you trust as full-time players? Um, and then who's missing on this list? Like, who are the other guys? Because you know who I don't see as a, um, on the linebacker list? Guys that played linebacker light last year, like Alton Robinson. Uh, yeah. Uh, that I expect to play a lot of outside linebacker this year. So um, it's a, it's a, it's hard to, to really get a gauge on this. Um, I do still think they lack, uh, they lack a, someone in the middle. They, yeah. I think they're missing that. That's one of the things they've, that they've got um, to do this year. They've got 14 linebackers on this list right now. Yeah. So let's just kind of go through them. So we know Jordan Brooks is going to be there. I talked about Jordan Brooks uh, yep. being pointed out by the coach ahead of time as being a guy that he's turning to now for some leadership um, mm-hmm. on the team, which is a good thing. I think it's a natural fit. He's going to be calling the defense this year, calling out yep. the plays just like Bobby Wagner did last year. Yeah, he's taking um, Bobby's role in the middle. And he had 184 combined tackles last year. Yeah. Which set broke Bobby Wagner's team record. And I think led the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Well, which is just absurd. Um, I mean, <laughs> crazy. You break up, you break um, Bobby Wagner's record. That's that's something because Wagner has been uh, one of the best that's ever. And, and it and all it took for that to happen was Wagner missed the last what two games mm-hmm. of the season. He would have broke his own record because yeah. he was right there. They were neck and neck. Yeah. Um, all right, Jordan Brooks. So he's going to be one of the middle linebackers here. So he is going through a little bit of a shift um how much of a shift he it's is? not that much going from because he was a he was um a weak side linebacker in a uh four three moving from that to an interior linebacker in a three four it's it, it, it's going to shift him it's going to shift him a gap and a half towards the um middle a little bit more in terms of where he lines up but his what he does is going to be very similar he's going to be um He's going to be off the line of scrimmage. He's going to be read, react, go make tackles, use his speed. I mean, it plays very well into what he does. Before I get to Cody Barton, there's a new linebacker on the team, uh, Uchenna Nuasso, Mm -hmm. a guy from the Chargers. Uh, Sounds like he's coming into play the strong side. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Cody Barton uh, is going to be pairing in the middle with Jordan Brooks. Yep. Um, And then it's going to be probably one of Daryl Taylor and Alton Robinson on the other side. Yeah. Um, that, that looks to be the starting four. Um, and uh, it's, they've got Daryl Taylor kind of there where they're looking at maybe having him be an outside linebacker slash defensive end, which is much more common in the old um, mm-hmm. alignment scheme in a, in a three, four your defensive ends have to be bigger. Um, because they've got a two gap and they've got to move inside, um, you know, one, uh, position, one, one gap, uh, more than you would think they would normally do that. And so there's wonder if maybe he's undersized for that. Uh, but we'll he's see. Yeah, I think he's 268, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they'll find a role for him. the ideal, um, 
three four uh defensive end is like 280 285 uh and he's not he's like 260 um but he's also a little big for an outside linebacker but like i said they'll find a role for him he is um just too damn talented he was one of the better players on the defense last year and so, so you you mentioned alton robinson and then you've got uh, boye mafe and Tariq smith as well mm-hmm. in those roles that you would typically you know it's hard to kind of say if they're defensive ends or linebackers mm-hmm. um i've kind of got them in a defensive end bucket on my roster that i've that i've instructed here just because the the linebacker room is just completely yep. crazy but yeah i would say um boye mafe um has a shot um i think a combination of him and and um alton robinson are that weak side uh outside linebacker which is different than a weak side outside linebacker from last year, right? That was where Brooks was playing. It was off the line of scrimmage and it was, um, you know, I mean, you saw it. He was Jordan Brooks um, in a, yeah, in a three, right. four. Um, if you think back to the, like when, when it the San Francisco Seattle rivalry was at its hottest, Alton Smith was the, sorry, Alden Smith was the prototype weak side um three four outside linebacker small fast pass rusher um can get around the corner like he he is the prototype and boy mafe fits into that role that's who he is um and so he's going to be in line for that i think alton robinson fits that really well so the two of them are going to battle out for that uh for that job all right, let's talk about Cody Barton for a minute. It looks like he's going to elevate this year, Keith. He's he's yep. going from a special teams kind of guy, did very well doing that, to coming mm-hmm. in, filling in for Bobby Wagner last year when Bobby Wagner was out. Did uh, an admirable job just to kind of hold down that position. He and did now he's elevated well. to a starter. Yeah. And you're he's not convinced the, that he's, he's good enough to I'm, be a starter in this defense. I'm not. Um, and it... So then the next part of what I'm going to say is going to completely counteract that um, because when, when Barton came in for Wagner, I mean, you, you look at that, you have this guy that, that has the team has you know, never really committed to as a starter, you know, and um, through three years and he comes in for an all pro uh, and you're like, wow, this is going to be bad. Like the, the drop off is going to be huge. And it kind of wasn't. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, he was fantastic or that he was as good as Bobby, but it wasn't the drastic, like, oh my God, that I expected. Um, he held it down really well. He made some plays. He, um, you know, made a lot of tackles, made a lot of good, did a lot of good things. Um, I'm still concerned about him as a full-time starter at 237 pounds, um, He's not the biggest guy. He has not never been the best tackler. He's had a lot of running backs bounce off of him. Um, but at the same time, he didn't really have that problem once he became a starter. So uh, I think what's happened is for me and for a lot of um, other fans that I've you know spoken with is that image of him as a strong side linebacker when he was playing way out of position. Um, as the from, as a from his rookie year yeah yeah it, it's kind of lodged into um 
people's minds as that's more of who he is. And I'm saying by people, I am including myself in that. And we haven't necessarily given him a complete fair shake as the possibility of being a starter um, at a different position besides, you know, one where he was expected to be up at the line of scrimmage and set the edge. So, right. and you know, we'll see what happens. Like he's a guy that, you know, could come in and, and, and really just, uh, do well when he was drafted, there was some excitement. He has some speed. He's uh, a guy that was kind of thought of as, Hey, this is, uh, this is the heir apparent to, um, Bobby Wagner, um, or at least the heir apparent to KJ, right. And that, you know, cause he's got the athleticism, he's got the speed, he's got some, some nice things. Yeah. And, but then he didn't really show it as a rookie and we kind of were just like, Oh, well that was disappointing. And especially when they turned around and drafted Jordan Brooks the following year. Um, and he got well, bumped you from had, that role. You had Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, and I think Michael Kendricks in his mm-hmm. rookie years starters. And that's hard to penetrate that group. And then, yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's, he's out there. He's, he's there now. I think he's going to yep. get a good shot. We'll see how, how it goes. It could be the weak link or it could be, uh, yeah. that, the, that the linebacker group is the strongest group on, on the team. You know, there's a lot of youth here and a new player in Nuwasu that kind of needs to integrate. We'll see. Yeah. My, my, my concern wasn't necessarily so much about Barton. It was that what happens if Barton turns out not to be the guy? I don't see, I don't, I don't see a guy right. on here. Yeah. Everyone else seems to be outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, those what, are the what, guys. The the guy the Joel uh, Lagan Buehe sure from Chicago <laughs> that we picked up that's kind of a special teams guy I think he's mm-hmm. only got like twenty snaps yeah taking plays in the NFL but I think he's a middle linebacker um, Nick Ballore you know could come in and play a little bit of that he's Denver a special Kirvin's team not, and he's, yeah totally I know I know Aaron Donker Aaron Donker's a big guy but they've got him coming off the edge as well this year mm-hmm. Tanner Muse. Again, another fast, undersized kind of guy. That you know what, was, what was surprised a, me is because Aaron Donker was a rookie last year, and um, so you know he's there, he's you know earning his spot, playing some special teams, all of that. I think he's uh, other than Nick Belor, who doesn't count because he's not really a linebacker. Aaron Donker is the oldest linebacker on this roster. Interesting, twenty-seven he's 27. years old. Yeah. yeah, he's the oldest linebacker. Um, that the Seahawks have rostered uh, right now. And he's their foreign player exemption. Mm-hmm. Again, and I had an ACL last year, which was unfortunate. So yep. Tanner Muse, the the safety that used to be with the Raiders um, that, w- that we picked up is still hanging around on the roster. I'm still intrigued by him because he had numbers and, and athletic profiles in the draft that I was really, uh, I really liked. John Radigan. Uh, a guy from Army that's hanging around, Lee Cam Williams, uh, Levi Jones, and Joshua Unu, Unu Jugo uh, rounds that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so thoughts overall. We've we've talked about a lot of players. Is this going to be a strength or a weakness on this team? Um, can I say both? Because I really like Jordan Brooks, and um, I think Nawasu is going to be. Uh, a good addition on the strong side. And I think the weak side position with a guy like Boye Mafe, Alton Robinson, those guys are going to be um, mm-hmm. good there. Um, Cody Barton. So, so is, starters. Yeah. Starters. And so, and so in, and then there's Cody, Cody Barton, who I'm not as, 
I'm still not as sold on, even though I was trying to talk you into it um, a couple minutes <laughs> ago. Um, I don't trust a single other name on that roster after them. If there's to me, the, the lack of depth, if one of those guys get hurt, especially um, Cody Barton, if he gets hurt, or if oh. he doesn't pan oh, out, dude. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing else on the roster. I, I would be less concerned about Cody Barton than I would be about Nuasu or Brooks. You know, those guys go down. It's 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 not looking great. Well, if Nuasu goes down, it's an outside linebacker spot. It's a strong side. You can you could come up with a, a way to make it work with a Ben Burkhaven or uh, you know one of those guys that makes the roster for mm-hmm. um, for special teams reasons. You can you could make it work. Right. I mean, it, it would and, and Daryl Taylor. Sure. I mean, I would just put, Darryl well, yeah, Taylor. that's the other thing you'd stick Daryl Taylor would, 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 you could slide him out there. And, yeah. And, and you know, uh, Jamal Adams is going to take some snaps there anyway. You could yep. throw Jamal Adams there for a few snaps. So yeah, so, I know, but it's really, if you, they lose Jordan book Brooks, the whole interior of that defense falls apart because hmm. they just, there's, there's no way there's no depth to replace them. And that was one of the things that I was concerned about. I really wanted them to get, another true middle linebacker so that we had three with Barton um, Brooks and then whoever that third person is. And I just don't see it. I think that the, you know, the, the more that we talk, so we talked about uh, corners already safeties and now linebackers. And we, we did talk about a few of these defensive ends we've got coming up. Um, I think everything looks good on the surface as far as starters, like who's Mm going to come in and play the most of the snaps. It's that depth part that are unknown could be good, could be better than advertised, yeah. especially on the cornerback side. I think there's plenty of names on the safeties to be able to, to get a good group together there, especially if Marky, a guy like Marquis Blair stays healthy. I think that, yeah. that group is really actually a strength. And then the linebacker thing is just a whole bunch of unknowns, really. Yeah. And it and it's part of it is I don't even know where they're going to scheme up and line up and really kind of the coaches have plans, obviously, for each one of these players and It'll just be interesting to see how that comes to fruition uh, during practice. You can kind of see this come together a little bit. Because yeah, that Dick I mean, Fangio defense, I sent you an article I want you to read. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. But that thing is so in-depth. It kind of goes through the layers of the defense and, and assignments and what we'll likely see this year. And I'd like to be able to talk about that here, you know, after we get done with the position groups at some point. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, we we're, We need to do that anyway just for – our own like i know right you know, prep for the season but yeah uh, that's it's it's, it's a layer of complexity that you i mean before the way that pete carroll wanted to run it it was just simple it's like line up mm-hmm. and play and go do your job and we're just going to be better at it than the the offense now it's like yeah. woohoo it's yep. it's similar to me it's similar to the idea of what the offense is trying to do the offense wants to line up in the same sort of looks the same package they want to get to the line of scrimmage and with the disguise and then move around and run plays out of the same sort of formations mm-hmm. and the defense is kind of the same way they want to line up the same way they want to show the same looks pre-snap so that the quarterback has to make um, post-snap decisions and reads it just makes it a little more complicated gives your guys up front a chance to get home um, with with an extra little step and then on the back end it helps too um, I mean, so it'll be interesting I, I, i've said this in the show in the past like this is a new defense. This is a completely new scheme. This isn't, oh, we made a little tweak or we just changed who's calling plays. Like Pete Carroll, um, you know, when during this process was like, we need to evolve. And so, um, you know, when 
they, they hired these coaches and they brought in guys like Desai. And um, it was, we need new ideas. We need yes. new thoughts. We need, we need to be better by, by incorporating new stuff. Um, yes. And I, the, I'm, the, go ahead. I say, I'm just really impressed that a guy who's 70, about to be 71 um, is willing to be like, you know what, the stuff that we've done that's worked really well and got us a championship, it was fine, but we need to evolve. We need to continue yeah. to evolve and not just rest on, Hey, we know it worked once um, type of thing. And, and very few coaches can put their ego away to do that ever. And very few coaches that are 70 and, you know, looking at trying to make one, you know, last couple of three um, years of putting a team together to try and win one more championship are willing to just completely evolve and, and change their entire scheme i i, I totally agree i t i absolutely totally agree you know he saw coaches come into the league like sean uh not sean mcveigh and mm -hmm. um shanahan and change offenses and the seahawks offense used to be set up to 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 defeat certain offenses and those were kind of going away and they learned how to defeat the pete carroll defenses now you've got defenses that are specifically designed and we're talking about um the the Vic Fangio scheme that are specifically designed to defeat offenses like the Rams like the 49ers and others yeah. um and so yeah it's something different and new for us as well so it, I'm excited I really am excited because it's it's one of those deals where you either <laughs> you 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 keep up and lead the pack or you fall behind and we were yep. clearly doing that and fans knew that we were all kind of frustrated about the defense for, for, for years, well, uh, it's, not it's just nothing, this last year. It's also what happened on the offensive side, right? They came in, they installed the zone scheme right. running game and they made it work. And then what, then they got Wilson and there was, you know, the zone read kind of stuff, even though he never kept the ball. Um, but every, what they did, yeah, it worked until it stopped working mm -hmm. and they needed to evolve they needed to make some changes and that's what shane waldron um brought was a completely new offense and now they've got a completely new defense and it's a it's a offense and defense that ha are going to be more modern and less old school yeah so right with some competence mm -hmm. i mean you can say you're going to bring in somebody new and whatever but you know it's the maturity of, you know, I think Pete Carroll demands the maturity of the the coordinators. And yeah. to me, that's the best of both worlds. You get a competent, really competent head coach that's been there, it's done it all, that's willing to invest into that young talent, the the young ideas, um, the forward thinking. And um, that's what everyone was asking for for the last couple of years. Like, fire Pete Carroll, fire Pete because he's old, he's antiquated, blah, blah, blah. This shows that he's completely adaptable and willing mm -hmm. to do whatever it takes to get back to the top. And I, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. So. I mean, the, it met all the requirements. I think of the fire Pete Carroll crowd without actually letting go of Pete Carroll um, because it allows, it allows the team to keep what Pete Carroll is, does best, which is culture building and, you know, Right. Um, and all that stuff for the team. And he's so good at, it. he's one of the best in the NFL at it. Um, if not the best at the NFL at it, and it allows him to do that without having 
you know, the, the other parts that everyone was frustrated with, which is, you know, him kind of becoming a bit of a dinosaur in terms of his scheme. And now he's not. So yeah, there's that. All right. All right. So next time we're going to finish up with defensive tackles, defensive ends, and then we'll switch back to the offense. We did quarterbacks before we'll get everything else. And then uh, we'll continue. We'll continue on. So find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You can find the show Seahawksplaybook.com. Seahawks Playbook on your favorite podcast app and YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Please share it. All that good stuff. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.